Blog Talk Radio. Everybody, this is Ken Danico, three-time Stanley Cup champion of the New Jersey Devils, and you are listening to the hard-hitting Fantasy Jester Show. <laughs> Very funny, adding the applause. Uh, that was a good one. I like that. Hey, everybody, how's everybody doing tonight? Great night, Cinco de Mayo sports versions. Cinco de Jester. How's everybody doing? Great times. Wow, great times in sports, great times for me to podcast, great, some great announcements, and uh, all brought to you by FantasyJesterSports.com, Blog Talk Radio, and uh, bringing you the live broadcast through Blog Talk, bringing you that crystal clear sound. And obviously, we can also be found on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Blueberry, Spreaker, Spotify, Libsyn, Buzzsprout, Audioboom, Simplecast. Thanks to all those fine people carrying on the show. And uh, how's everybody? Interesting show tonight. We've got Cinco de Jester. No JT, no, Ch- no Tate. Jester on Cinco de Mayo. Nobody, nobody should miss this edition. Good. I like the way you guys wrote that up. Uh, we, we've got people that write this up. And uh, so who will be with Jester? He needs a wingman or a wing person, somebody please save us. I don't know about that part, guys. Somebody please save us from what? Expecting help. Yeah, we've got some help tonight. Matter of fact, it's a so interesting help. Makes you makes you wanna think That's right. I'm bringing a top gun? Who could I be bringing on tonight? Listen, we've got the NFL draft. It's come and gone. What does that mean to your fantasy team? The MLB, we've got no JT and Tate. They were out on assignment this week. Went to go scout a couple of teams. We'll have them back on next week doing the crop report. But you know what? For those baseball fans out there later on at some point, our special Top Gun guest, He's in the Jester's backyard, if you will, for people that I talk to about guys coming up in baseball. So I, let's see what I can get out of him tonight. You know, I, I've got him coming on mostly talking football, but I'm sure we can pull something out of him for you people out there for the baseball. But again, NFL is going on right now, all the big things. And it's funny because <clears> – <throat> We talk about, and this is part of my rant tonight, is this. It's a, it was something funny. You know, Sitton is a left guard, okay? And 
he was commenting this past week about having to change from left guard to right guard and what that's like. And, you know, many times last year I kept talking about the Giants left tackle being out of position. He should have been at right tackle and people not understanding what that truly means. And (laughs) Sin puts it the best way. Okay. A little crass, but he does put it the correct way. You know, he's used to playing the left side and you have to have a dominant hand for that. So switching over to the right side He compared it as, well, try switching hands when you wipe your ass. Now, as crass as that sounds, he's got a point. And you're playing at pro level. That's pro level wiping going on, if you ask me. Seriously, though, uh, folks, stop it. Complaining when players don't do well in positions that they weren't drafted for that wasn't there. That wasn't their strong suit. And an NFL team has come along and said, well, we've got to change positions now. And I say this mostly to my giant fans out there that have picked on flowers and I picked on him. He was gone awful last year, but there are things that you can do. And one of them would be put him back in his original position. That would have been the most, brilliant thing to do i would imagine oh uh, let's see uh-huh uh-huh he played right tackle before yeah 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 that's where i should put him now i mean it really didn't take much to figure that one out but apparently it you got to be more than a goonie bird to figure that one out or to give him some help which again and maybe that's why he's no longer coaching my team anymore uh but yeah 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 you know something that was the right tackle all the time, playing left tackle. Uh-huh. Idiots. Friggin' idiots. All right, listen. I keep talking about this wingman, and I've even gone into this stupid little... It's kind of funny. I'm just having a little fun. We've got a newbie on the show, and if you missed him last week... He filled in pretty nice. He, uh, that's why he's on again this weekend, a little one-on-one with me. We have a little fun. Instead of me just flying solo, let's bring in, you know, the newbie. And uh, for those of you who weren't listening to last week's show, Nick Katowski will be joining me any minute. And uh, why the Top Gun reference? Well, I have to embarrass him a little bit because it turns out, for those of you listening to the jester, that Nick Katowski's fantasy name in a lot of leagues happens to be Goose. I really, I, I, I swear to you, you can't make this shit up. It is the God's honest truth. So tonight, folks, you're getting the Top Gun edition of Cinco D. Jester. Let's bring him in. The one, the only Goose, Nick Katowski. Nick, how you doing, man? Doing great, man. Ready to rock and roll telling you it's I'm been uh, on your end. Uh, listen man everything's everything's been great at this end I, you know it, I, it's taken all week to really for me to digest each and every team and there's been a lot that has gone on so i've really been looking forward to talking it over with you and uh you know what i i want to go ahead let's kick this right off let's get right into it there's so much to get into Nick, uh, you know, first I take a look at obviously 
I want to take a look at my Giants. Let's get that out of the way and how I feel about that. I still feel that we have needs at the defensive end. Uh, but for fantasy purposes, I mean, honestly, you're looking maybe Eli probably one of the better fantasy years lie ahead than he's had in several. I, I look at that because of the weapons he's going to be surrounded with. And I still wouldn't be shocked if they add Dez to the mix. But you have to figure that besides getting Odell back, and Odell you know is going to be, if he's healthy, he's good for at least 1,200 yards there. Then you've got a, a tight end that's capable of 800. So there's two grand there, maybe about another 700 out of Shepard. Now you're at 27. Now Then you've got Saquon in the backfield. you got to figure that young man's going to be good for about another 350, 400. Wow. So you're looking at a good chance that by the time it's all said and done, Eli with about 4,000 yards this year, a good year for Eli and somebody that you could probably grab real late in drafts. Now, Odell is going to go where Odell is going to be drafted. There's no secret there. Ingram becomes a huge play because there are going to be times that Ingram is just going to blow past a safety that is going to play too deep in the box and bite on the uh, run, the uh, run with Saquon. And he's going to get caught up in play action and Ingram can blow past safeties without that kind of help with a real run threat. I look for Ingram to really post some top. I'd be, I'd be shocked that between the coverage that, Odell's going to pull off and what Saquon's going to go ahead and get, okay? That Ingram doesn't turn out to be maybe a top 10, top 7 tight end by the time it's all done. So a little little bit on the Giants there. You see anything else before we get into uh, Buffalo with you? What are you you looking at with the Giants? I'm looking at – you know what I'm looking at? I'm looking at Eli Manning throwing, having a resurrection in his career. I'm seeing a hallelujah. Thank God you finally showed up again, and you are going to bring this team full circle around. You have the weapons. Your team is healthy, and you have the total ability with a brand-new coaching staff that is going to take this team very, very far. And – I'm just thinking I'm giving Eli Manning a good 3,600 yards. I'm giving Barkley a good uh, – I'm giving Barkley a good 1,000-yard rushing career. Plus, in addition, I'm going to give him another 300 yards passing. So, I'm, I'm looking at double-digit well, Hopefully, he has more than 1,000 for the career. You want to clean that oh, one yeah. up. I mean, hopefully, he has more oh. than 1,000 for his career. Don't do that to me. <laughs> yeah, no, I meant uh, start, start out strong with his career with 1,000 yards. Yeah. Nice. Nice. And uh, guys, let's keep keep yourself going. You're on a little bit of a roll there. Let's go to a team that, you know, you're a much heralded Tampa Bay Buffalo fan. Well, let's hear about your Buffalo. Well, nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. Now, it might have been a near two decades of wagon circling, but I think they finally have come to a stop with their over-aggressive draft strategy. And this is the team you should be looking at to pull Hail Mary players from, minus, of course, LaShawn McCoy. So with this year's first-round pick, Buffalo traded up, went with Josh Allen, a QB with the highest upside and the lowest floor. Selecting Josh Allen, hey, 
It instantly created a QB controversy in camp. And as a fantasy player, it's a story you're really going to have to pay attention to all through the preseason. My guess is you won't even know who the starting quarterback is until week four of preseason. That is going to absolutely kill drafts from one end to the other because there are a lot of teams out there drafting before week four of the preseason. So um, that's something to keep an eye on. As for the upside of Buffalo, they also have, uh, they also have LaShawn McCoy. Instant success with the LaShawn McCoy. Picking up Josh Allen, you make LaShawn McCoy one of your top three picks. It's not a slide down to 12. It's not a slide, up, uh, slide to 11. It's not, ooh, I can grab him in the second round. This is a top three running back this year, okay? And it doesn't matter if it's a PPR league, if it's a dynasty league, if it's a startup. Shady is the mm-hmm. most versatile weapon of 2018 on a consistent basis for running backs. So you're also looking at wide receivers, Kelvin Benjamin, Zay Jones instantly become sleeper picks along with whatever tight end the Buffalo decides to throw the ball to this year. You got a couple of deep sleeper picks to keep an eye on and the newly drafted wide out from Clemson, Ray Ray McLeod and an undersized slot receiver competing for a slot role with the newly acquired Austin Prohl. Hey, son of Ricky Prohl kind of goes hand in hand with the guy from Carolina. So uh, slot wide receiver has been a big missing component in the Bills offense. Both of these guys are serviceable and could turn into a real sneaky spot that you might want to keep an eye for later in your draft. So my guess is only one of them is going to make the team. Keep an eye on which one doesn't get cut. So last point to discuss, Buffalo's strongest point and the upgrade that's going to affect every fantasy statistic when looking at drafting a Buffalo Bills player. Defense, defense, defense. Tremaine Edmonds steals up the middle. Defensive tackle Harrison Williams, Phillips, Teron Johnson teaming up with Vaughn, teaming up, Kyle Williams, okay, you've got tons and tons and tons of talent on this Buffalo Bills defense that is going to stop the ball from going down the field, stop the bleeding on the long drive, and put the ball back in the hands of this offense, and that's what a fantasy defense is supposed to do to help you as a fantasy player. So simply, uh, simply put, Buffalo is a top-notch team, highly competitive, look for a lot of skilled players. But, again, everybody outside of LaShawn McCoy, hail Mary on it. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much on that offense. Tell you what's a hail Mary. I wouldn't consider it a done deal Josh Allen starts the year as the starting quarterback. What if he struggles to pick up the offense? What if an A.J. McCarron comes in there who, who's been sitting there waiting for his turn and actually outperforms him this preseason? It's going to be interesting to see what happens there because that is a conceivable notion. You know, oh, I yeah, absolutely. Uh, you got, go ahead. Yeah, you got A.J. McCarron. He's got a chip on his shoulder. This guy's been put in the shadows his entire career so far, and he is going to come out firing and competing. And we're going to get to see what he actually has in the tank. Is he that high-caliber pick that that Cincinnati's been sleeping on, waiting and waiting and waiting? Or is he the backup QB that Cincinnati believed him to be? So we're going to find that out real soon. I just, uh, it's going to be interesting behind that Buffalo line. It really is. So uh, that's going to be the telling thing. And and same thing goes for Miami, my team. You know, we were just talking about Josh Sitton, talking about the difference between left guard and right guard. 
And some of the things about Miami, you know, this could be a lot of fantasy sleepers out there, folks. There are people that I understand might not want to take a look at Tannehill, but understand why you might want to. All right. Now, understand, I've gotten a word that pretty much Albert Wilson is still home. He's not participating right now for whatever reason. He feels it's better to be home than actually working out with his uh, team, his new team there. But you do have Kenny Stills returning, and you do have Devontae Parker returning to an offense now that they are in their third year going ahead and having consistency, knowing the checkdowns and all that. Ryan Tannehill now has one thing he's never had, consistency, again, in the scheme. He's had an opportunity to play in it. He's had an opportunity now to sit back and watch it for a year. Year three. Now he knows the check down. So it's going to be how quickly can Amendola learn this offense? Because like I said, he's ahead of Albert Wilson on the depth chart. And with that kind of work ethic coming out of Wilson, he's not going to really gain that kind of favor out of the coaching staff. So Amendola, a true professional, somebody that is, you know, been a Belichick guy, I'll tell you, it's going to be interesting. So don't sleep so much on Miami. Miami's only problem, and this is what's coming out of the locker room, is that they want to go ahead and run an offense much like the New England offense, where you don't know who you're going to get each week. See, they finally have a pass a tight end now that they just drafted that they can pass to. And uh, Gesicki. But they also now have two different running backs. You bring in a Gore, and then you have a Drake already. These are guys that, again, they're going to distribute the ball to everybody. There's not going to be one single solitary guy. The only constant in all this is going to be Tannehill. Folks, I'm telling you, he is a sneaky Top 15 play this year. I, I know people are going to call me Homer and all that, but you know what? We'll talk about this further as as the season progresses. We have fins on fins for you Miami Dolphin fans. Once a month, we have the players come in. Next guest is going to be Walt Aikens, going to make up for the last guest. <clears throat> Former Finn didn't show. Channing Crowder got tied up with his own show, as you know. Walt doesn't have his own show, so uh, he's already said he has no problem. He'll be making it. We'll be getting that date out to you over the next couple of days. Keep following Fantasy Jester page, Facebook, Twitter, and all that good stuff. Moving along, Pittsburgh. Nick, let me ask you something. When, when you take a look at Pittsburgh, they just went ahead, got rid of a receiver, and, and are loading up now for – uh, ben Roethlisberger, who to me seems like he's kind of energized, kind of insulted that they've gone out and drafted the heir apparent so soon. Uh, do you think that matters over his physical uh, being and over the fact that, you know, he, he's getting older? 
Oh, no way. This is uh this is Ben Roethlisberger's team. I mean, you're talking a guy who has tossed around the idea of, oh, let me retire this year. Oh, let me retire this year. And uh, I'm pretty sure he's he's pretty much talked retirement the last three years straight. And all of a sudden, you got a guy that says, no, hey, I don't want to retire anymore. I feel good. I think I'll go another three to five years. Now, is it going to be really three to five years? Or are we going to see the Ben Roethlisberger that took them to the Super Bowl or multiple Super Bowls? Or are we going to see a Ben Roethlisberger that played really well last year and they went into the AFC and, and they went win, uh, winning the AFC North? So big questions up in the air as to what kind of output you're going to see from him. Well, I, I personally think that if he stays healthy, uh, you still have Antonio Brown. You still have Juju Smith-Schuster, who really is coming of age. James Washington, they got him in the draft. And uh, that guy, what's his name in the backfield? I keep thinking, oh, yeah, Le'Veon Bell, one of the best running backs there. So it's going to be interesting to see how that all plays out. I like the addition. They gone ahead, you know, Pittsburgh went ahead and in their draft, Getting and addressing the defense, okay, going and getting defense first tells you something. It tells you how they're not really worried about offense. When they go first round, they go defense. Okay, fine. They're not really overly worried about it, are they? No. And they shouldn't be. And they shouldn't be. Roethlisberger, I I don't get the idea of being insulted, but as long as he's healthy, he's going to be fine in that offense, more, more than fine. Uh, taking a look and moving forward, you know, I take a look at the, <laughs> you know, the Jets, the other team, if you will, in New York. Interesting, interesting times, interesting draft. They went ahead, they moved up and, and was able to get Sam Darnold, probably the best quarterback of the quarterback class, if you will. I mean, again, not overly impressed with it. But will he start? I mean, what happens with Teddy Bridgewater? Big question there. Isaiah Crowell comes in. People haven't talked about that one yet. And and that's going to be interesting because Bilal Powell's had his chance to go ahead and show what he can do. Elijah McGuire had his chance. They go ahead, they bring in Isaiah Crowell, they bring in Thomas Rawls, if he could ever stay healthy. But I could see Isaiah Crowell taking over that backfield and possibly seeing Bilal as just the third down back in that offense. One of the people that I find very interesting that nobody is talking about besides uh, Jermaine Curse, Quincy Inunua is back, but this. Last year's third-round pick, Ardarius Stewart. This is maybe the time that he goes ahead, and he looked lost at times last year, had a couple of injuries and this, that. Maybe this year he can go ahead and be a good sleeper, end-of-the-draft guy that you pay attention to. Great hands. Just needed to get some work, maybe second year, and you know having the quarterback get to him. Well, let's see what happens. As far as defensively on this team and for those IDP players, um, you know, Marcus May, maybe, uh, you know, you want to take a look at him. Other than that, 
I'm not really crazy about anybody uh, on this defense uh, for an IDP league. Uh, as far as the Jets go, as far as the Jets go, Nick, are, are you really grabbing anybody this year? Is there somebody that you might, other than maybe Crowell? Yeah, you know what? Um, I'm actually looking at uh, a player you didn't mention here. I'm looking at number one, Terrell Pryor. That's who I'm looking at. Did not have a good year last year. Let's just agree on that. And for whatever reason, it just didn't work out. Prior year, you're like, wow, who is this guy? Can he? Wow, he can catch the ball. Wow, he can run with the ball. This guy's great. And now you got him on the Jets. And now you're like, all right. Quincy Inunua, who I personally refer to as Stonehands, okay? The man seems like he can catch the impossible passes, but everything that throws to him is uh, as, uh, baby cake passes here. He seems to miss those. So I'm looking for this guy, edge catches. I'm looking for some speed. I'm looking for, I'm looking for some fun out of uh, the receivers. And I'm not counting on Robbie Anderson. I don't even know if the guy's going to be around. But uh, Isaiah Crowell is going to be a sneaky pick. You got Thomas Rawls sitting back there. So... You know, it, it's a big toss-up. Who's going to be the running back here? Who's going to be the quarterback? Who's going to be the starting wide receivers? It, it, everything's a toss-up for this team. Exactly. And there, there's obviously sleepers to be had there. And, again, for me, I, I'm just keeping an eye on a guy that was drafted rather high last year, really had to learn uh, the pro game a little bit better. So, uh, it could be an interesting play there. Yeah, Pryor's a nice guy to keep an eye on. Uh, and Inunwood, yeah, he's an enigma. Sorry. Uh, keeping it rolling. Let's take a look at Baltimore. You know, Baltimore goes ahead, gets Lamar Jackson at the end of the draft, goes and gets themselves a Hayden Hurst and an Orlando Brown for the line. And, you know, it's really just try to address the offense, it seems like, in that draft. And, uh, well, they should go out and get a Mark Andrews, a tight end as well. Uh, just really seems like Joe Flacco's on his way out. Am I wrong? No, absolutely not. They don't know what to do with Joe Flacco at this point. And, you know, after a much-anticipated 2017 season, ending with a 9-7 and record, most teams are like, oh, 9-7 and record, that's not that bad. But it didn't make the playoffs. And the Ravens than that. Now, now I've heard an argument before, especially I've heard it come from some players that they say, well, fantasy is irrelevant in football. And to those saying that and worse, believing it, it's that it's actually a falsehood. So let's cite some important facts about some fantasy sports, especially for the Baltimore Ravens here. Fantasy scores have a direct relationship to results. Teams that have higher scores have better teams. It's a simple little fact. Players accumulate statistics. And fantasy sports tracks those stats in a fun way and leads to a wider fan base. So for the Ravens, I'm mentioning this specifically because a team that scored low in most fantasy categories last year translated directly to a record that wasn't good enough for the playoffs. So what did they do this year? They made their team more relevant. And they actually went and knocked the hinges off the door with their draft picks and acquisitions, adding names like RG3, John Brown, Michael Crabtree, releasing Jeremy Macklin, who's underperformed for years, brings nothing but fantasy attention to every position on this team. And now you're talking seven rounds of drafts, seven rounds, but they had 12, 12, count them, 12. You can't even count them on two hands, 12 draft picks 
including Hayden Hurst tight end, Lamar Jackson, Orlando Brown, Mark Andrews, another tight end that's going to be a killer on the field. So I'm saying welcome to the fantasy game, Baltimore. Welcome to the fantasy game. Let me ask you, uh, because you left out Snead, how do you feel about him? Do you think uh, he's somebody that can make a difference? And then I'll follow up. I've got another question on that. First is, how do you feel about Snead? Snead, I'm looking at Snead, that Drew Brees made Snead who he is. Do I think Flacco is going to say, wow, Snead, you're going to be a great player? RG3, are you going to make Snead a great player? Lamar Jackson, are you going to make Snead a great player? No, not at all. I'm going to keep him off my fantasy radar all year. Interesting. Uh, let me ask you, then let's move over to running back. Alex Collins, are you buying him? Are you going to play him this year? Is that somebody that you think is going to control that backfield? Or are you going uh, either Javaris Allen? Do you think he gives him a run? I, I personally happen to like Collins a lot. I think the kid's a bull. I think both running backs are good running backs. Am I necessarily going to pick them anything above a 12th round pick? No, if they're still on the board and I got nobody else to choose, yes, I might look in their direction. But am I going to go out of my way and say, wow, I got to draft either one of these guys? Probably not. Twelfth round? Yeah. I might go Collins a little higher. Even a little little higher. I mean, I just think there's a lot of other good running backs out there that are going to be showcased this year that are going to make it where you, instead of just having 32 teams where we used to see it, 32 teams with 32 running backs. And now it was last year was basically 36, 37 good running backs. I think it's really going to stretch to a good 40 running backs this year. And I'm mm-hmm. putting those guys probably in the, in the, in the low thirties for where I, for where I would rank them. I just think this is going to be a little bit more of a pass heavy offense with what, what weapons they picked up. Gotcha. All right. I think it's going to be interesting. Because of the speed that they picked up, I think that they can go ahead and uh, create some holes. But we're going to see. It's going to be interesting. Again, I I probably have their running game a little bit higher. Moving along, we've got New England up. And and really, it's real simple. All they did was reload where they were missing people from before. Uh, They lost during uh, free agency. uh, And people have asked me, what do I think? out of uh, Sony Mitchell, uh, uh, Sony Michelle, and uh, what kind of year do I expect out of him? That has been the big question. They went ahead and added to the line, but for the most part, the the offense is the offense, the players in the offense are the same, except for that. Uh, They kept Burkhead and James White, but uh, Sony Michelle is a guy that is going to take a specific role that went to Tennessee. He will have about 180 rushing attempts, about 900 yards. And I'm looking at about 35 receptions for at least 300 yards out of him. I, he will be the guy of all the running backs that will likely give Barkley one of the greater runs because of the situation he's going to be put in for rookie of the year, because he's going to be able to display not just his running ability, but his pass catching ability. And it's going to be, uh, again, I think people are going to sleep on him because, well, you know, 
and I've mentioned it before on air, folks, is how much that New England offense changes from week to week to week. One of the constants, one of the constants was the Deion Lewis role every week. His role was constant. That is the role he's taking over. So as far as fantasy-wise, that's what I'm expecting. Whatever Deion Lewis got last year in your league, I would be shocked if he doesn't get those same exact stats. So plan for that when you're drafting. In my eyes, that's the way I look at it. Texans, the Houston Texans. Nick, keep it rolling, my man. All right. Houston Texans are up. And with the Houston Texans, we're sitting here looking at a team that we're asking the question, Houston, do we still have a problem? It's the question we're going to have to ask after the uh, after your fantasy draft. So finishing with a 4-12 record last year does not translate to what the team is capable of when they are healthy. Key phrase here, though, when healthy. So, well, you can't say that the Texans blew the draft because, well, hey, they really had no draft to blow. This year started in the third round, and they didn't have much else after that. Uh, the focus looks to be put more on protection in front of uh, Deshaun, uh, with a uh, new starting uh, with a new starting center um, Rankin and a uh, blocking tight end at Jordan Aikens and the guy can catch the ball but they've already got a couple other tight ends on the team one guy uh, I believe uh, Fedorowicz retired right uh, concussion and it sends up a huge red flags for me when you start drafting blockers okay when you needed some other uh, key positions here because of the injury that happened to Watson so. Is this going to – does he lose some of his mobility? What are we going to see out of him when he, when he comes back? We've seen QBs with huge potential in the past lose their legs. And they lose their superstar ability. Is he, is he going to be a superstar when he comes back? Is he not going to be a superstar? Is he just going to be an average quarterback? Uh, I, I proceed with, dra- with caution drafting any players on the Texans this year. It's uh, as great as Watson is. The, the term damaged goods is going to stick with him until he can uh, prove he's uh, lights out on fire playing again. And the draft for them, it really didn't do anything for me. I, I'm still ranking Watson high. I'm going to rank him real high. I'm going to rate their, I'm going to rank their wide receivers fairly high as long as he's playing. But yeah, I'm going to proceed with caution when I'm drafting him because I, I'm going to expect that there's going to be some issues that are still there. I, I'm not, I'm not even going to think about it. Once, once. This, this surgery is usually performed many times. I don't see an RG3 type problem here. Not me personally, not how I'm looking at it. And they just went ahead. They gave this kid another weapon in Jordan Aikens. People are going to sleep on this kid just simply because he's older. You know, he's 26 years old. He spent four seasons in the uh, Texas Rangers minor league system. Guy that people are going to sleep on. And uh, I, I think you go out and you get uh, – uh, Kiki Kuti. I hope I say that kid's name right. I've got to get that one down. Kiki Kuti uh, is a pretty good receiver out of Texas Tech, folks. Really wouldn't sleep on him either. He's going to push uh, Fuller and, uh, and be able to go ahead and probably steal a lot of the receptions while he's playing that slot receiver. So they went ahead. They, they've got Fuller and, you know, that guy Hopkins on the outside, but they went ahead and got him two inside people. So yeah, if that knee stays healthy, I think uh, I personally happen to like Houston as far as uh, for, from a fantasy perspective. 
as an offense that is on the upswing. Moving right along, you know, I take a look at somebody like, you know, let's move on. I'll tell you what, while we move on to Cincinnati, then we'll go ahead, we'll take a commercial in a little bit and get back to all this. I have a feeling we're going to run over tonight, and uh, we've got a little extra overtime that we can do for everybody. So, you know, I'm going to go ahead and keep rolling along with Cincinnati here. And they go ahead and made the smart play. They needed an offensive line help, and they did that first round got themselves a center. I happen to like that. People are sleeping on the idea of what Mark Walton's going to bring to that uh, offense, uh, one that already has a Giovanni Bernard and a Joe Mixon. And I can see uh, Mixon-Walton uh, backfield happening real soon. But the meat of their draft went to the defensive side of the ball. And as everybody knows, that helps every offense. Now, they kept Andy Dalton and really haven't addressed a quarterback. Uh, they went ahead and got rid of his any competition that he had. Matt Barkley's not going to take it. Jeff Driscoll's not going to take it. And their seventh-round seventh pick, Logan Woodside, really isn't going to take it. So they've handed the ball to Dalton and said, go ahead, try and do something that you haven't done ever so far. Um, and really, we're not going to change the weapons that you have. We're only going to give you one extra lineman. I don't really see that as great for us fantasy people out there. It will be interesting, though, to see if John Ross can actually stay healthy. You know, if last year's first-round pick struggled to get on the field, me personally, I still see him as a great talent. But the best ability as we've said before on the show, is availability without a question. So, you know, let's go ahead. We're going to take a break real quick. I want to get a little word in real quick from the sponsor. Then I'm going to go ahead and have Nick come on back in and give us a little something from Tennessee. Miami Sunglasses. Whether you are starting a small business, hosting a fundraiser, or have had a store for years, Miami Sunglasses is your direct source for quality wholesale sunglasses at the best prices. With over 800 styles to choose from, there is something for everyone. Check out their low prices today. That's Miami Sunglasses. Hi, this is Larry Ball, former Miami Dolphin. I'm listening to the Fantasy Jester Show. Yeah, you know, former Dolphins, a little bit of everybody, you know. We've had a, a little bit of everybody come in from all different walks of life. Even had Miles Jack uh, have a little fun, and it kind of fits for uh, tonight's show. JT, what's up, JT? And, and Joe Jr. JT and Joe Jr., where are y'all at? Why are y'all not here right now? Why are y'all not here. supporting the Jags right they, now? They should be here right they here with Miles Jack. They need to be at practice right now. They <laughs> <laughs> missed it. You yeah, that was uh, Miles Jack having a little fun. Uh, we, we we had some good laughs at camp. He's a really good guy. And, uh, well, JT's out on assignment. Tate is out on assignment. And uh, Joe Jr. is uh, still out on his own personal assignment. So, uh, without any further ado, quiet, Joey. Um, we'll go ahead and keep moving this along. Let's bring Nick back in. Nick. Tennessee, my man. Keep us rolling. Uh, it's real funny to see how a Ravens team with the 9-7 and seven records was disappointing, but a Tennessee Titans team with the same record was a success. And simply, hey, it's what I said about the Baltimore Ravens. 
It's mid-tier players performing better, okay? Scoring fantasy points translates to a more winning record. And I say more winning simply because this is a team that is uh, geared around their quarterback. And do they have an identity? Not quite yet. I mean, they're building one. They're moving towards it. And I think they were thrown for a little bit of a loop going into this draft. They lost Avery Williamson. It forced the Titans to find a replacement instead of adding a weapon. They added a defensive end, a safety. They added a, a, a quarterback. And really, that, none of that is fantasy relevant whatsoever. So the big question will be, is going to be their acquisition of Deion Lewis. Is he going to light the world on fire? Yeah, probably not, because you've got some other competition there. But is he going to find a much more consistent play? Yeah, absolutely. You're going to see dump off passes to him. You're going to see some high point scoring. Um, I think you're. I think you're going to see a little bit more offense coming out of the Titans. Honestly, I'm looking at it. There's no real hype coming out of uh, coming out of Tennessee, but you've got some really good consistent players there. So if you're looking for some good mid tier picks, then I'd start looking at who's getting the ball. I'd start looking at who's going to be the starting running back. If you want a grinder, if you want that guy that's going to get the dump off passes, if you're in a PPR league. You're going Deion Lewis all the way. Um, and I think this is going to definitely open up some uh, gameplay here for uh, Tennessee. And if you're a Tennessee fan, hey, all the power to you. I think they're going to have another great, successful year. From a st- fantasy standpoint, I look at this team and, and really start to see another team trying to take uh, the Belichick look at offense and spread the ball around. You've got Derrick Henry going to be the bruiser. You've got Deion Lewis. I think Deion Lewis is going to fill the same exact role and probably have pretty damn close to the same exact stats as they go ahead and move the ball around a little differently. They'll still use Delaney Walker, but Jonu Smith, who's been really stepping up, the third-round pick uh, from 2017, really started to uh, look good towards the uh, middle end of the year last year. And Delaney Walker, again, is a guy that is just a consistent performer. The guy that I'm looking forward to seeing is a guy that started out started out hot, got injured after that during the first game, and, and then struggled to find consistency the rest of the way. But now we'll have a whole offseason. Folks, do not sleep on Corey Davis. I'm going to tell you right now, he's going to be a top performer in this league for years to come. There's your fantasy guy that you want. As far as help fantasy-wise, the only thing that they've done is they've gone ahead and helped as far as your uh, IDP at that at that end. Rashawn Evans, I can see him being somebody that you want to go ahead, maybe target as an IDP kind of uh, player. But uh, as far as anything else, no. It's a, 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 you know, for me, it, it's a team that's going to mix that ball up. The go-to guy, though, will eventually be, and, and I don't, I don't think it's going to take very long into the season before they go ahead and show the game plan is going to be Corey Davis, and then spread the ball around to everybody else. As far as being fantasy relevant, really, Corey Davis will be the workhorse of that fantasy team. Moving right along, going to the Cleveland Browns, and that's you know, people were saying that. It, Okay, what's Mayfield going to do? Mayfield might not even start, folks. According to the right now, according to Hugh Jackson, he's not. He has to pass 
NFL proven quarterback to get there. There is no hurry. But you are looking at an offensive team that, if from a fantasy standpoint, in my eyes, you've got running backs, you've got Carlos Hyde and Chubb. Chubb is a guy that you're going out and getting in your dynasty leagues. First, one of your first round running backs that you're going to get. Just because of what he's going to be. They're building for the future. He is the future. Carlos Hyde isn't the future. Carlos Hyde is the running back until it's Chubb's uh, backfield to take over. Corey Coleman going to step up. 2016 first-round pick. Jarvis Landry coming over. Juice is there. Josh Gordon showing Wait, he might actually be Josh Gordon. David and Joku. So uh, when I tell you this team has fantasy players all over, obviously I'm also saying that they're going to be a high-scoring defense. Look for Cleveland to be uh, surprisingly successful this year in general. They've gone ahead. They've added the offensive weapons. They have Miles Garrett on defense. They've got, they've got a defense that is loaded with first and second round picks all over it. And then they go ahead and add the corner that they, you know, they lost the corner and they pick one up in Denzel Ward, probably the best corner on the board, in my opinion. Scary team, but as far as fantasy, you're going to love the Cleveland Browns this year. Let's keep it going past the Cleveland Browns, though. Let's talk about another team in the Colts, a team that's struggled so far. How about – what do you have to say about those Colts there, Nick? Ooh, with the Colts, this is a good one. I mean, it's a uh, – with the completion of their draft, it allows me to present you with an Indianapolis Colts excess acquisition. All right. Not, I'm not just talking draft here. I'm going head coach Frank Wright. They've got the right stuff now, and they chose exactly what every coach who used to be a QB chooses, a mean, pancaking beast to push a 600-pound defensive tackles around and clear holes for the running game downfield. That's right. Colts select Quentin Nelson, right? So, and they select Braden Smith, guard right out of Auburn. So for the first time in Andrew Luck's career, He's going to have a lot of time to throw the ball. And this is going to translate to Andrew Luck reemerging as a top-line fantasy QB. Maybe not a top five, but definitely a top ten. And let's break it down a little bit more. I mean, we all know the Colts have a miserable defense, and really that's what they needed to make this team work. But we don't care that much about the defense when it comes to fantasy. We care about certain aspects of it, of them getting the ball back to the offense, some individual players, and maybe the team working really well. But this is a much improvement to their offense. They went out and got what's going to make fantasy work for the Colts this year. Some sleeper picks. Um, I'm going with Marlon Mack. Uh, you know, Matt Jones is in the mix. Christine Michaels in the mix. But I'm going with Marlon Mack as a big sleeper pick. We saw some great potential out of him last year, but we didn't see the protection. We didn't see the, the consistent gameplay with, with having somebody else in front of him. And now this guy could really be a featured back for you. And, and this, is, this is somebody you look for in, the mid-tier, in, a, in a mid-tier uh, pick. So that's what I'm kind of looking at. Yeah, I'm liking Marlon Mack. He's got a great draft review. I've mentioned him a couple of times on the show as somebody that is uh, 
a, a dangerous runner, hard to get a good hit on him. He just can move and elude real well. So I'm looking forward to seeing what he can do. He's former fourth-round pick, 2017. So let's see what he can do this year. One of the fantasy gems, though, if, if you go ahead and follow your tight ends, folks, keep an eye on Jack Doyle again. He was a favorite last year, and I don't expect that to change. He is a, a major key to that offense moving. He is a great possession tight end, has a great pair of hands, and they go to him sometimes double-digit times in a game. That's somebody that you want to target rather high on your uh, on your tight end list. I definitely, believe it or not, uh, I'm flirting with top 10 on Jack Doyle this year, folks. Moving, keeping it going because we are, you know, short on time and it's getting shorter. Jacksonville Jaguars, I'd be remiss to say anything deep, anything but anything decent about Mrs. Jester's team. They go out and get, you know, what do they do? You know, they go ahead, they add to the defense first round. You figure they're going to go offense the first round. No, they go ahead and add more to that potent defensive line and Tavon Bryan. Then they go second round to DJ Chark. And this is a guy, right now he's listed behind Moncrief on, on the depth chart. I don't expect that to last. So they've gone ahead and they've added some weapons. And I had a discussion with somebody today regarding Blake Bortles. Folks, let me remind you something about Bortles. He finally has an O-line. He finally has a running game. And you're talking about a guy in the last three years that has passed for over 12,000 yards and has over 79. He has actually exactly 79 touchdowns and is now starting to get confidence in his O-line, has a running game, and now we're going to add actually more talent. He Last year was a revolving door of wide receivers for him. Adding Chark is going to be huge. One of the understated moves in free agency is the pickup of Austin Safarian Jenkins. This is a guy that can go ahead be a great red zone target as well as Chark. And I'm looking at those two really being the red zone targets for this team. I expect the the Jaguars to take another step this year and truly push New England for that Super Bowl run this year. Moving along, and, and, and I say that, folks, I say that I'm not completely afraid of Mrs. Jester. I say that on the real. Uh, they really do. It makes me sick. They really do have a very good team, and I have to deal with Mrs. Chester on a regular as my team rebuilds. So, uh, Oakland, Nick, keep it rolling, man. Uh, I'm going to go ahead. Let's throw Oakland over to you. What do you have on these boys? Gruden's first year. How do you like what Chucky's doing so far? Oh, the autumn wind is a pirate blustering in from sea. With a rollicking song, he sweeps along, swaggering boisterously. The autumn wind is a raider, pillaging just for fun. He's going to knock you around and upside down and laugh when he is conquered and won. One of the greatest poems ever written sums up what to expect from the raiders this year. There's one thing they were missing in Oakland, was discipline. On-field fighting, beast mode more interested in off-field TV shows than on-field production, poor tackling, 
and a top QB literally being broken in half in steps Chucky. So take no BS. Chew up your attitude and spit you out with fireballs was the biggest acquisition to help the Raiders become fantasy relevant. How's it going to happen? Simple. Hard-nosed football, pounding the rock, with two of the first three picks, the Raiders select Parker and Miller to push teams around on the O-line. It's going to buy car time to find targets, and that's going to translate to scoring. So, hey, players who stayed patient and they don't draft, overdraft the Raiders, you're going to have a real nice team on your hands if you can stay patient and not pull the trigger too early on this team. They've got a lot of talent, and they've got the coach to draw the best productivity out of a team that you can possibly imagine. I see a team that they went ahead, they added the first round pick and Miller on that offensive line and then said, screw everything. We're going defense. They're going to, they, they want to slap some people around. I think they pretty much said we went out and got Doug Martin between Doug Martin and Marshawn Lynch that that's pretty much a nice one-two punch right there. You're going to get a little surprise maybe from Elijah Hood as he takes over. He might I, I could see Elijah Hood possibly passing a Jalen Richard or or Andre Washington on this depth chart. But that pickup of Martavis Bryant and Jordy Nelson. See, they didn't do so much on the draft as much as they did in free agency and the, the draft. They worked. Both folks. Now you add a Jordy Nelson, you've got Amari Cooper, hopefully Amari a little bit more reinvigorated this year. Derek Carr feeling a little bit more safe, give him some more weapons. Going to be an interesting year. Do I see Derek Carr stepping up and being one of these top elite, top 10 quarterbacks? Mm, I don't see him as top 10 yet, folks. So pump your brakes on that. But uh, adding the Martavis Bryant is really everybody talk, wants to talk about Jordy. I talk about Bryant. Bryant's a talent. He might be a handful, and he has his problems. But that kid's the talent on that team. I'm going to tell you more so. I got got people hate me for this more so than Cooper. He's definitely better than Cooper. I'll take him all day over Cooper. If he could straighten his act, keep it straight. Yeah, definitely all, all day. Anyway, moving along, Denver Broncos. Denver Broncos go out. They get Case Keenum, so there solves their quarterback issue. Devontae Booker, they go and get back him up with Royce Freeman in the third round. Royce Freeman's actually a very, very nice pick here, somebody that you might want to target because I could see him definitely taking over that backfield. Uh, then you go ahead, they got Cortland Sutton. You know, Demarius Thomas, Emmanuel Sanders getting a little older, so let's bring in some young blood. They go and get Cortland Sutton, but then again in the fourth round, get Deshaun Hamilton, and I really – People are going to sleep on that kid too, but I like Cortland Sutton. That was a that was a fantastic pick. Denver did well in this draft and getting Bradley Chubb now on defense. Let's go right there for you IDP guys. Let's be honest, Chubb that whole defense is going to be absolutely ridiculous. And who do you stop? You line them up on the both sides. You line them up separately, uh, opposite each other. JT and I have talked about this a million times on the show. Really don't know. I'm not going to beat a dead horse. 
Is Case Keenum somebody that you want to go ahead and target? I, I I don't think he's somebody that you want to target. But one of the sleeper tight ends I am going to give you, Jake Butt. He's a fifth-round pick of 2017. Keep an eye on that kid this year. He's going to end up being Keenum's favorite target. Watch what I'm saying, folks. Anyway, keeping it going for you. At number 16, we have the Kansas City Chiefs. Nick, Kansas City Chiefs are uh, making some moves and starting with a whole new quarterback there. What do you see for the Kansas City Chiefs this year, fantasy-wise? Oh, we get to see the full force of Patrick Mahomes. Breakout superstar Kareem Hunt from last year. Rounding out Mahomes' weapons are amazing. And Travis Kelsey, wide receiver Tyree Kill, and a newly acquired Sammy Watkins. And I'm pitting Sammy Watkins in this discussion here because, hey, we got a guy with a history of low productivity on every team he's been on. I'm guessing <laughs> that this is the year Watkins, okay, this is the year Watkins breaks out because he isn't the first weapon on a team. I just don't think the guy is a first weapon caliber, but when you stick him in there with the other weapons that are around him, you've got a nice complimentary piece that's going to do some very consistent performing for you if that's going to be part of Andy Reid's uh, scheme. So with the drafts, hey, uh, Chiefs took total defense on a rebuild mentality, drafting defensive end Breland Speaks out of Ole Miss. It's going to give him that extra edge rush. Uh, Derek Nadi, defensive tackle out of FSU, plugs up the hole, and both of these guys will be day one starters. So, uh, hey, you're looking for an extra uh, defense on this? Uh, I'm looking at the Chiefs for being a real strong candidate for picking up some extra points this year. Uh, what does it do for Kansas City on a fantasy standpoint for their entire draft? It's not a huge deal on fantasy because they already did their other acquisitions and they were ready to go from last year. Now we get to see everybody, every piece, every cog working. It was really strange seeing Alex Smith do what he was able to do last year. Um, we kind of saw it die down towards the end, but Hey, now you get to see what Andy Reid's original plans were from last year. And now we're going to see everything right up front with him. Interesting. Going to be, it's going to be an interesting year for the KC fans, I'm going to tell you right now. And uh, I, I don't know. As far as uh, Mahomes goes, gonna, he's that wild card. He really is. I mean, he's got that gunslinger mentality, and we've seen it work, and we've seen it fail. So it's really, uh, again, one of the more interesting stories I see in the, in the NFL this year. Keeping it going, Philadelphia Eagles, boy, let me tell you something. The rich get richer in my eyes. Hey, they've already got four running backs serviceable, and that's not even talking about Darren Sproles, who will likely get cut if Donnell Pumphrey can show that he can block a little bit. You got Jay Ajayi and Corey Clemen, Wendell Smallwood, Donnell Pumphrey. They're set there. They got Wentz and Foles at quarterback. Tight end, you're sitting there looking at Zach Ertz. They go out second round, get Dallas Goddard. I mean, and, and the list goes on. You've got Nelson Aguilar, Alson Jeffrey at the outside. Mac Hollins, there's a name that could step up more, I believe, this coming season. Started to play a little bit more towards the end of last year. Big guy, big receiver, good guy for the uh, red zone. Somebody to definitely keep an eye on. 
But right now, that number one red zone target is going to stay Zach Ertz until uh, further notice, until Mr. Ertz decides he's not on defense. They go ahead and just solidify it. They go ahead and get Judge Sweat at, at middle uh, linebacker to back up Hendricks. But, I mean, that, that defense is just stout as it is. Uh, I'm just going to pass. I hate talking about Philly and having to talk about them so well. makes me nauseous as hell. And, and getting to another team that makes me nauseous as hell, but at least they suck is Dallas. What do you have for Dallas, uh, Nick? Yeah, with a 9-7 and seven record last year. Hey, uh, loss to Des Bryant this year, loss to Jason Witten. Um, Cowboys had a lot to cry about when they had that news. So I'd cry too if two of my best weapons left an all-caliber team with the best offensive line in the game. So the questions facing the Cowboys is, hey, did this draft make the difference fantasy teams need to get to the championship? So I shake my magic eight ball here. The same answer keeps coming up. Expect big things from this team. Here's why. We know the defense got better with Van Der Esch, but, was Jer- but it was Jerry Jones' round two and three picks that's going to make the most fantasy impact. I mean, let's look at tackle Connor Williams here. Now, we already know that the Cowboys have the best offensive line. However, the addition of Williams is going to allow Collins to slide to his natural position, and the, and the line just goes from great to absolutely impenetrable, which translates time, which translates to points for both Ezekiel Elliott and Prescott. So Williams is going to be great, but all eyes, all eyes should be on Michael Gallup, wide receiver who had 94 catches for 1,345 yards last season. Can he replace Des Bryant? Absolutely. This is one of the top wide receiver sleeper picks of the season. Let's compare him a little bit to Des. Gallup stands at six foot one, two hundred and five pounds, runs a four forty five, forty yard dash, a two sixty three, twenty yard. Des stands at six foot two, two hundred and twenty five pounds, ran a four fifty two, forty yard dash and a two fifty one twenty. Now both bench the same. Des can jump a foot further and two inches higher. But does jumping actually make the difference in the NFL? No. Let's look at Antonio Brown. He's not one of the best jumpers in the NFL and he's a pretty big superstar. So as a wide receiver one, I'm looking for Gallup to put up 800 yards and six touchdowns. Possibly, possibly, as long as he's used as a wide receiver one, breaking that 1,000-yard season on his first season. A wide receiver two or three, I'm still expecting big plays from this guy, but I'm going to cut those stats in half. And this is a great dynasty pickup for anybody looking to move your team forward from a mid-tier to that championship level, this is the kind of guy you go out and pick. Nice, nice. All right, yeah. I, I've got – that was pretty good. I like that one on that. You, you nailed that pretty well. I like it personally. Uh, moving along, though, I've, I, I can't really sit around and gush over everything that you do, I, but I did like that one. Um, Philip Rivers, the Los Angeles Chargers, one of the interesting things happened at the draft, no replacement for Philip Rivers. Talk about a little vote of confidence that maybe Ben Roethlisberger didn't get. Uh, it would prove interesting. But the greater thing also is that they truly didn't address the offense very much in that draft, trying to really, uh, at the low ends, at the fifth, sixth, and seventh round, they added people, but pretty much saying, 
we like Keenan Allen. We like Terrell Williams. We like Mike Williams. Last year's first-round pick, Mike Williams, let's see what he does this year. That is pretty much like getting a first-round pick this year because you didn't have him for most of the year. Melvin Gordon's going to be Melvin Gordon. They didn't really get any kind of uh, competition there in the backfield for him. Austin Eckler will be uh, his backup, and he proved serviceable as far as a pass catching uh, and third down back. But for the most part, whatever you got last year, fantasy-wise, out of your team, other than uh, Mike Williams now, look for pretty much the same. Uh, Hunter Henry, a solid tight end play, and uh, even more so this year. Uh, I I liked him last year. I love him this year. So, uh, again, solid plays, not fantastic plays coming out of the Los Angeles Chargers. Washington. Coming out of Washington, let's give it right to Nick. What do you have for them there, Redskins? Uh, with the number 13 pick of the first round, the Redskins acquired the services of Deron Payne, defensive tackle Alabama. With the last-ranked run defense, uh, with an, allowing an unprecedented 2,146 yards of rushing, every team made the Redskins defense look like 11 practice squad members on the field every single play. This fixes one problem. But to choose the Redskins defense for fantasy, it's like automatically throwing any chance you had at fantasy berth into the garbage or into the fantasy playoff berth into the garbage. So, hey, I'm staying away from the Redskins defense. So now let's talk about the huge upside, and they have all eyes on Darius Geis, running back LSU. For the last few years, Jay Gruden has followed the team rule. Fumble the ball, you take a seat. You fumble it again. You don't suit up. Well, after last year, we saw Jay Gruden at the end of the season finally just throw his hands up in the air and say, I'm done with it. Oopsie hands, go back in the game. So keep playing. and They keep playing his strategy. It didn't work. Now they get an A-rated running back that's with a downgraded quarterback in Alex Smith, and you're going to see some big-time fantasy production out of the run game here. Um, I'm also looking at uh, – so. That's that's the bottom line. This is going to turn into a run-first offense. I think this is going to be a uh, bunch of dump-off passes to it. So if you've got a PPR league, you're drafting guys. If you uh, got a PPR league and you need a second tier and you need a second quarterback, I'm drafting Alex Smith. I think he's got some weapons around him. I think he's got some ability. Um, so we're going to see what happens. Moving along, I like it. Moving along, I'm going to do what every NFL announcer that the Detroit Lions have. You listen to a Detroit Lions game, every single announcer has to say this band's name at least 20 times in a game. They don't mention any other offensive coordinator's name that much in any other game. But I have to be, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention how Offensive coordinator Jim Bob Cooter has to be excited over the idea of, wow, we spent a first and a second round pick actually helping Matthew Stafford. We gave him Frank Ragnow. I like that. I just like that name. It's a good football name, Ragnow. We got Ragnow on the line. He's going to clear the – he's going to make a hole for the running back. Got him in the first round. 
Second round, they go ahead, they get running back and carry on Johnson. But they also added Garrett Blount. Okay, so, you know, it's great that they've had Amir Abdul, Theo Riddick, and all that going back and forth. But now they're starting to bring in let's let's upgrade them a little bit. Let's upgrade them. Let's give this guy a running game. Let's give him a line. And let's see what Jim Cobb, Bob Cuda can dial up this year. As far as outside on the receivers, Golden Tate's going to be the Golden Tate. He is the consistent receiver. Kenny Galladay has shown flashes last year, and I look for a big improvement from him and will show that he will be probably the go-to guy after Tate, in in my eyes, passing Marvin Jones on that list. Uh, But pretty much I see with Garrett Blount maybe having one of his better years towards the end of his career here on this Detroit team. So it's going to be interesting to see how this all plays out. Keep it going, Nick, my man. We are up to Green Bay. Aaron Rodgers, uh, the man that is maybe becoming built of glass. Is this a team that should be worried? It doesn't seem like they are, but how do you feel about Green Bay this year and Aaron Rodgers? Oh, tough one. So, I mean, overall, Packers on the draft, let's give them a B-plus. All right, here's why they get a B-plus on the actual draft, not related to fantasy. You've got a new defensive coordinator on this team that says, I love one-on-one coverage, and I'm going to go into this draft, and this is what I need to get the ball Mm -hmm. back in the hands of Aaron Rodgers, and I'm going to pick up not only one awesome cover guy that's going to be your next Revis, I'm going to pick you up three of them. Two top-graded cover outside linebacker. It simply translates to more interceptions, more sacks, less pressure off of Clay Matthews to have to drop back into coverage. So you're going to see Clay Matthews blitzing a lot more. You're going to see him stirring up tackles against the run, and you're going to see the Green Bay, Green Bay Packers step up, play some hard-nosed defense, and actually get the ball back in the hands of Rodgers so he's not shooting from behind all the time. He's actually going to be able to drive down the field, get more completions, line up his touchdowns instead of throw, having to throw Hail Marys. On fantasy perspective, draft gives it a D- minus because the draft itself doesn't do a tremendous amount for any fantasy perspective. It's what the defense is going to do to bolster that offense that already exists. <laughs> Well, I like it. I actually, uh, you've been doing all right. I'm a little surprised. I got, I got to admit, wasn't wasn't too sure what I get tonight, but uh, so far, pretty solid job, Nick. Nice job, my man. Keep it up. Keep it up. I'm liking it. We've got a. Uh, as I'm going ahead and moving along on my sheet, I draw the Minnesota Vikings. Pretty interesting team. All of a sudden, to me, they go ahead and have one of the top defenses and now probably one of the top offenses. Kirk Cousins' completion percentage over the years through changing offenses, through changing wide receivers and running backs and everything else has stayed ridiculously high. Now, you're going to put him on a team with a very good defense. 
You're going to put him on a team with Dalvin Cook, who before injury was tearing up the league. And even after that, you've still got Latavius Murray, who showed to be more than serviceable. You've got Kyle Rudolph, a top tight end performer, who now for sure is definitely a definitely in the top 10 discussion now as far as tight ends go. But you get a guy like Adam Thielen and Stefan Diggs that have a quarterback that can get the ball to them consistently. The only question in all of this is, does Laquan Treadwell step up too now? What happens to him? And remember, that's only 2016. That's only a couple of years removed from a first-round pick. Maybe he goes ahead and steps up. It's going to be interesting to see what happens, but I'm going to tell you right now, this is going to be one of the top offenses in not just the NFC, in the NFL. Scary good, folks. Keep an eye on them. I, there isn't a person that I wouldn't take on this starting offense on, on my fantasy team. That's a so best I, way to I've sum a, that up. I've got a question there for you, Jester, and this is your opinion on it. Now we've got Thielen, huge PPR guy, right? right? And now we've got Kirk Cousins, who can launch the ball, he can find receivers, he can do pinpoint passes. Is mm-hmm. this going to be a better PPR year for Thielen? Or is it going to be worse because you go from a highly overly aggressive quarterback that's a ball chucker and a sling quarterback, and you go for a guy who's trying to drive down and win the games a lot more than rack up the fantasy points? I, I, I really see one of the things I like about Thielen is he, and people are going to jump on me when I say this, I'm talking about from a route running ability. He's as good as Odell. He has, he can run the different routes on the receiver tree and it doesn't matter which route it is. I don't, I see you could put feeling in any offense with any quarterback and he's going to succeed. That's just, I, I don't see this changing with Kirk Cousins. Remember one thing, no matter what you want to say, Kirk Cousins has had a ton of different receivers. None of them have been, to, in my eyes, Adam Thielen or Stefan Diggs. Yeah, dilly Chicago. dilly on that one. Chicago. <laughs> Chicago, the Bears. The, the Bears. What do the, the Bears do to you? Well, if we're ever going to talk about a team in a total rebuilding process with no direction and random guesses into what was going to work and what wasn't, we talk about John Fox's Bears. And now this is Matt Nagy's team. And with an offense that just got very interesting with Mark Helfrick out of Oregon as his new offensive coordinator. Now, both of these guys are on the same page when it comes to offensive design. And I think dynasty teams should start looking towards the windy city to find answers to their future problems. Non-dynasty players probably should look for a little more towards mid, late round help from the Bears. Here's why. So, number one, Chicago allowed 3,376 passing yards last year and 1,700 rushing yards. Was it great? No. Was it horrible? Also, no. But with this year's draft picks, 
they selected Roquan Smith, linebacker from Georgia, an extra linebacker out of Utah, and uh, Billy Nichols, defensive tackle out of Delaware. Now, Smith is going to be the key player here that's going to have the impact this, uh, for fantasy defense, uh, a huge impact for him. And I'm going to look for extra points and interceptions and sacks and less points surrendered, translating over to the Bears, getting a little bit more of an opportunity to score some points. So where you would normally consider them out and say, oh, let me just let me keep pushing the Bears aside. I'm not going to draft this player. I'm not going to draft this player. But then now you know there's some solid defensive players there that can get the ball back in the hands of that offense. And all of a sudden your fantasy team goes, wow, maybe I should look at this Chicago Bears team. Maybe I should find that extra player hidden in there. It's uh, is Mitch Trubisky going to be a fully operational Death Star? I mean, we see that we've seen it, okay, um, with a little help from Anthony Miller, wide receiver from Memphis, becomes their top offensive draft pick, and that's going to take some pressure off of him. So the newly signed Allen Robinson and Taylor Gabriel. I mean, Gabriel's had his pro- Gabriel's had his problem getting separation, but pairing him up with three wide receivers as opposed to being the only other guy you put in two guys on uh, Julio Jones before and one, and one guy covering Gabriel. Now you got three offensive weapons out there that it's going to be some one-on-one coverage and Gabriel's going to have to step up for them. So we're going to have to be honest here about the Bears offensive line. Yeah, it still needs work, okay? Earl Watford joining with Massey and Sowell there. Hey, might be enough time to get the ball in the hands of all these speedy receivers. So from a fantasy perspective, the pieces have been put in place for Trubisky have to be a draft pick this year last year I didn't see very many teams draft him Warren wasn't sure if he was going to be the starting quarterback and then he even sat around on the waiver wire in five of my leagues for a very long time this year there's weapons around him so the question is do you draft him and when do you draft him I'm going to say he's going to have a much better year this year I'm going to say he's going to be a sneaky sleeper pick he can be your second quarterback on your team when you have to substitute out for a bye week, and you may actually have some confidence in what this guy can do. Moving along, talking about having confidence in what a guy can do. Jameis Winston has been given a vote of confidence in this. They didn't really go out and spend a lot in the draft on the offense. Yeah, they went and got a second-round running back and a third-round Alignment, but for the most part, that was about it as far as a, from a, a draft perspective. Yeah, those that they picked up, all right, it really does help. Alex Kappa, the third round, is going to help that offensive line, but Ronald Jones, the second in the second round, is going to be their starting running back, and he will be very fantasy relevant. He will be one of the t- picks that you can get a little bit later. And it'll be a steal in your draft. He is very talented, and he's going to a team that needs a running back. Charles Sims has been given the opportunity. He's failed with that. Chiquiz Rogers is not an every-down back. Peyton Barber has been pretty much an enigma. What I'm happy for you Buck fans, and just real quick, is that defense. That defense from being – uh, soft to one that really now is turning the corner. Pierre Paul, McCoy, Vita Villa, and, and Vinny Curry as your front four is just absolutely ridiculous. Back with Alexander and Levante David as your linebackers. And then they go out. Now, besides having Brent Grimes, you can roll out literally four other players, all of them 
first or second round picks between Hargrave, Stewart, Evans, and Davis, building quite the stout defense in Tampa Bay for you IDP people, keeping it going outside of the Bucks. Yeah, do I like Jameis, by the way? Yeah, I like Jameis this year. Jameis, uh, I could see Jameis having a resurgent year and a little bit more diverse offense than what he was uh, playing in last year. Very predictable offense. Atlanta, keep it going, Nick. I know you feel very strongly about Atlanta. What do you got on them? All right, Dirty Bird fans. You're ready to light the fantasy football on fire? Listen very carefully. How many teams? have both Julio Jones and Antonio Brown on them when you go to draft. There's been a few. I've seen it. I was lucky enough to have it two years ago and win the championship. All right? Don't ask me how it happened, but it happened, and I ended up with both of them on my team. So what can I tell you? That How are you going to get both of those players on your team without actually drafting Antonio Brown? All right. So the name you're looking for, okay, is a stands at a, a respectable six foot one, weighing in 189 pounds, probably going to come in at 197 by the start of the season. Okay, and you are looking for their Calvin Ridley, wide receiver from Alabama, instant, instant impact player, the go to guy. That, but let's uh, let's move on for that because this is a guy that you want on your dynasty league, and this is a guy that you want to actually pick up for some instant production and touchdowns on your team. Calvin Ridley, huh? You you like him that yeah. much? That you're putting I him like in the him. same sentence I, as Antonio Brown? I'm putting him in the same sentence as Antonio Brown because of the way that he plays. He plays like an Antonio Brown. Is he going to be an Antonio Brown? No. But you got Julio Jones who gets double covered all the time. And then you had Taylor Gabriel who couldn't get separation. Now you got a guy who runs precise routes. Okay. That's going to open up Julio Jones. That's going to open up Matty ice. And you got that two tiered monster running game going on there. This is a high productive offense. Interesting. Moving along Carolina, simple thing to know about them. Obviously Christian McCaffrey is going to be taking over that backfield now along with, and probably don't be surprised if, uh, Cameron Artist Payne actually steps up. He started stepping up at the end of last year. Greg Olson's going to be Greg Olson. And, you know, one of the most interesting things, if you missed the show last week, I talked about what Steve Smith had to say about first round pick DJ Moore. Real simple. Steve Smith, former Carolina Panther, great wide receiver, has went on air and said the Carolina Panthers didn't have. A, a good wide receiver since I've been there, but they finally have my replacement. That's a big indictment on what they've had, but it is an incredible statement for what he believes in DJ Moore. And I believe the same. He is somebody that is going to be Cam's go-to guy. Just go ahead, rookie drafts, dynasty people. Make sure you're loading up on just on some DJ Moore. Keeping it going. Where are we at? New Orleans. Orleans. Wow. New Orleans. What do you got on them? You got a team that went 11 and 5. You got Drew Brees. You got Alvin Kamara. What do you do to help this team? You go pick up the big body, 6 foot 1, 200 pound wide receiver with a vertical leap. Memorize this name, Traquan Smith. 
get used to the name floating around in dynasty leagues and a sleeper pickup because what does Drew Brees do best? He makes no-name players look amazing. All right, he had the 14th fastest wide receiver combine time, the third longest broad jump, and all of these trans- translates to one thing in the NFL. Touchdowns, 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 touchdowns. Traquan Smith, touchdowns. That's how you connect the two. This is the guy that you're looking for in your dynasty leagues. This is the guy you're looking for to help your team. Interesting. Interesting. One of the guys that are going to help your fantasy team despite, and it really was, you know, the more JT talked about it, the more it made sense to me. And Seattle Seahawks wasting that first-round pick. They had Chris Carson doing well before he got injured. They had McKissick. They have ProSize, uh, Mike Davis, serviceable. But they spend the first-round pick on Rashad Penny and, and leaving that that offensive line as it is, not dealing with that until the fourth, fifth round and seventh in quarterback. They're just all over the board. And anything but, you go through the draft, what they needed, an offensive line. You don't go ahead and get a fourth-round title and you don't get a fifth-round tackle when your line is that bad. Tyler Lockett, Doug Baldwin, your top receivers, uh, and it's going to be an interesting year because it is going to be Chuck and Duck for Russell Wilson. Rashad Penny will be serviceable. I wouldn't expect a whole hell of a lot out of this team just simply until that line shows improvement. Moving right along from Seattle to our number 30 team, Arizona. The Cardinals, what are they going to do this year? Anything fantasy-worthy? Ooh, this is a tough one. I mean, you're wondering, did they hit the nail on the head or drive the nail into the coffin on this franchise? I think the franchise is about to be buried six feet into the ground. And my reason looking at this is, is Josh Rosen going to be great? Yes, Josh Rosen will be great. Will be but he's moving right into a quarterback controversy. And the question is, is he going to play first or is, or, or is he going to have the competition play? So from a fantasy perspective, I'm giving – and I'm not looking at anything else from this team. I'm just thinking that you got Rosen, good dynasty pickup. Anything else, just move on. You can get Larry Fitzgerald in this and move on from – hey, you got David Johnson in the backfield. Is, is it going to be great? Don't know. Let's find out. I mean, I, I think the team is uh, all around solid, but they're going to really have to put up some numbers and show what they can do because this is a team with no identity right now. It's going to be. It definitely is going to be difficult for David Johnson. Fortunately for him, he is a talented back, but they're going to load the box on that poor guy. And I, I don't know if I really keep him that high on my fantasy list as high as some other people might. I just, I don't see him escaping a loaded box at all this year. Uh, I just feel bad for him uh, coming fantasy wise, moving to a team that is going to be loaded for fantasy though, are the Los Angeles Rams and Jared Goff, Todd Gurley doing what they're going to do again this year. One of the main reasons is because they've built that solid offensive line. Whitworth at left tackle helps make all that happen for Goff, for Gurley, 
and, and you go ahead now, and they've got Cooper Cup, Robert Woods. They've added Brandon Cooks. Farrow Cooper, still somebody that could go ahead and emerge. He's growing. But, boy, let me tell you, Brandon Cooks is the guy that came on over, and it's going to be the Brandon Cooks show with Cooper Cup as your possession receiver. Those are the guys to really own. Could be interesting. Does last year's second-round pick Gerald Everett finally take over the Tyler Higby spot? That's going to be a, a, a race to watch. Going ahead, let's go ahead. we got a minute left real quick. Last team, San Fran, what do you got, Nick? Oh, this is a team. Do you trust John Lynch? Do you not trust him? Because you're going to ask yourself the question, we drafted who? I mean, you've got – you go ahead and you draft Mike Ooh. McGlinchey or Ooh. Andre the Giant. But eight, Ooh. the man is a polished offensive lineman. Translation, he has to get real low because of his height and push someone around. Round two, you go and select Dante Pettis. And again, we ask, we picked who? who? So who? you've got Pierre Garçon lighting up, Marquise Goodwin along with the slot receiver, Trent Taylor, the selection for the 49ers. Every pick you have to ask, Why? John Lynch select this player what is this going to do for fantasy I think the team has the ability to move forward I I think the team can put up some good fantasy but again the draft did nothing for this team for them no no not a damn thing and next week folks we're going to go ahead we got to thank Nick for coming in the goose joining Jester this week next week We've got JT back in here. We're going to have Tate with the crop report and JT and a whole bunch more fun. Thanks for joining us. This is the sports version of Cinco Digester. We ran overtime, folks. We were way overtime. Hope you enjoyed. Hi, this is Bob Tewksbury, former Major League pitcher and author of 90% Mental, and you've been listening to Jester Fantasy or Fantasy Jester. Shit. <laughs> uh, yes. You could, you could you could use that. You could. Can I? <laughs> I might. Yeah. It's all right with you. No, I think it'd be funny. <laughs>